Oh, what? Are you alright? Yeah, I got a hiccup. Oh, fuck. I thought you were having a heart attack. <laughs> That's no way to start a fucking episode. This is How to Japan, and I'm not having a heart attack. Today we're talking about airplanes. Do you like airplanes? Yeah, before before talking about airplanes, yeah, I was worried about you for a minute there. You you, you made like uh, this guttural sound. I thought you were going to die. But you're okay. Yeah. It was just a hiccup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just a hiccup. Is that going to be uh, ongoing throughout this episode? Oh, there we go. Oh, God. There's another one. Yeah, there is another one. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully I can end it soon. Do you know how to drink uh, out of a glass or a, or a can of beer that you have there? Don't you mm-hmm. have to position it in a certain way in order to eradicate hiccups? I, I have not heard about the position method. It's like it's like this. You gotta you gotta position it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh-huh. I'm signaling to my co-host about uh, how yeah. to position it yeah. so that you okay. I go down. You I hold look it down. Uh huh. And then and then um, I you I, know then you know, I then what do I do? It's from the other side. So you you position the nozzle the other uh-huh. side. The, yeah. So position okay. it away from you, and then you try to drink uh-huh. out of yeah that way. <laughs> This seems like it's just going to drip all over my body. No, but you've got to but position your head so that doesn't happen. So try to drink out of it. No, you got to you got you got to drink over. You know what? Fuck it. You can you can. <laughs> I got to drink over. How do I like this upside down? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. To me no, right you got to you got you got you got to position it so that yeah. Um, you, you can research later. Yeah, hopefully it'll just disappear when through the the nonsense we're about to talk about. Mm. So, oh, I, uh, you might be offending a certain demographic of our listenership who no, have uh, having no, a a passion for airplanes. You don't know. No, no, I think if they have a passion for airplanes, they'll think what we're saying is nonsense. Oh, I, I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> so forget everything we've been saying up to this point. Please continue. What were you saying before about airplanes? Did you ask me a question? Yeah, I said, do you like airplanes? You know what? I am afraid of air travel. I, I've never been a good flyer. A part of me thinks that, you know, airplanes are great. They've helped us uh, get from point A to point B in faster fashion than we have throughout human history. And they've got a good safety record. But uh, overall, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan. I'm not okay. a fan of uh, traveling on planes. Uh, as to whether I like planes as objects... Uh, I never grew up with a fascination for airplanes. It was always uh, trains or uh, what else? Buses. Uh, bus- <laughs> buses <laughs> or uh, <laughs> bicycles. Oh, I remember having a BMX when I was younger, so that I enjoyed okay. my BMX. Uh, but planes, uh, I've never been particularly fond of airplanes. Hey. What what do you say? Like I re- I read in something called Airlines magazine. I was perusing the magazine shelf of a as local you, as bookstore. You do. Yeah, yeah, as I do. <laughs> and there was a magazine <laughs> called Airlines magazine. So I was like, well, hey, I'm gonna look at this because I'm gonna talk about airplanes soon. So I open it up, and what lo and behold, I discover that the low cost carrier Skymark has a Pikachu Pokemon themed airplane. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So you can buy all the uh, little doodads and such uh, themed stuff inside the plane. It's all painted Pikachu colors. Is that so gel? That must make you have. Uh, uh, it's Anna, Anna, but it's the mm. low call low cost carrier Skymark. So I think it's the uh, child company. What the hell is that subsidiary? Sorry, mm, child mm. company. Yeah, <laughs> of uh, Anna. The Kogaisha in Japanese, Kogaisha, okay. which means Ko means child. So I couldn't got cross haired there. Mm. So uh, and they have uh, they had a, a little spread in there in that magazine there. Wow. I'm so that, that would pique I'm your Im- interest because you like Pokemon. Uh, not as much as you would think. I know you think that okay. I love Pokemon and uh, anime. I'm watching a lot of anime, but uh, I watched a few episodes of Pokemon when, uh, when I was a kid. But uh, I never got into the Pokemon games, oh, okay. which I know are really popular. I just found it a little bit repetitive because okay. you're just finding monsters and making them your slaves and oh. then sending them out to fight for you. Right. Had a few uh, questionable ethics, morals. Uh-huh. But uh, Yeah, but we're not talking about Pokemon this episode. We're talking about airplanes. Mm. And you've just That's highlighted right. the fact that airplanes can actually uh, be painted in a, in a way yeah. that can attract more customers, right? Right, yes, yes. That's exactly it. What would you want to paint an airplane if you're given a chance? Trees. 
A tree? Really? Yeah, yeah. Forest in the sky. Well, would it be like just a forest of... Uh, would it be paintings of... Uh, would it be photorealistic? Or would it be like more animated? Or Let's make it photorealistic of trees in the sky. Big, giant redwoods towering higher mm. and higher. Higher than they've ever towered before because they're on an airplane in the sky. Interesting. Would you have animals on the trees as well? Like... Uh... Like squirrels? Yes, but only the animals that would be indigenous to the trees that grew in that region. Hmm. Okay. So yes. what kind of trees are you thinking about? What region? The redwoods of California. Oh wow. Yes. So you wouldn't have a bear at the bottom of the tree? Well, a bears bears went extinct in California back at the turn of the twentieth century because people all shot them all down. Oh, I see. So maybe yeah, so maybe some foxes in there. Maybe we get some squirrels. I don't know if I've seen any squirrels in the redwoods. But, yeah, stuff like that. Lots of insects. I guess you can't see insects on a plane in the middle of the sky, but, you know, attention to detail. When it land, would, yeah, but when it lands, you can get a close-up yeah. look. Right. getting on the plane. Yeah. What about you? What do you want painted on the airplane? I'm actually happy with the Air New Zealand uh -huh. painting. It's got the silver fern. It's, okay. either, it's either all black which which represents mm -hmm. our rugby team, which is the All Blacks. Right. And that's cool. There's only one fucking black plane out of every other airline, and that really makes it stand out. Very unique. And it's just got a silver fern, which is indigenous to New Zealand. That's pretty good. Yeah, so I like that. I wouldn't want to change that. I think that's pretty good. I mean, other than like the, the other hokey thing that I'm thinking of is fuck you, airline. So it's just a giant middle finger in the sky. <laughs> that, that <laughs> That would be kind of fun, but I mean, they're not going to do that. So I think no. the forest would be the more yeah. the unless the yeah. South Park guys wanted to create an airline. Yeah, yeah, maybe they an they airplane. Could do that. Yeah. So d you don't like flying, but you got here by plane. I did. So what? Yeah, which airline did you take? I took JAL. Okay. Japan Airlines. And what did you think of JAL? I thought that I mean I'm coming from a perspective of not having traveled so much. This mm -hmm. plane took me to Sydney for a stopover okay. for three hours. Right. So I had to walk around Sydney Airport for three hours mm -hmm. looking at this orange. I'm not sure it's like that anymore, but it was just all orange. And the decor just didn't jive with me. I was like, oh, fuck. I just couldn't wait to get on the plane to get to Japan. Um, mm -hmm. And the airline itself, yeah, I don't have any complaints. I don't think I have any negative complaints about using gel or Air, like Air New Zealand is my favorite. Right. Uh, because of the fact that it's just uh, my country and it's always had great service. The way the pilot spoke to me, uh, spoke to its passengers was always very, uh, uh, well, how they spoke to their passengers was always very comforting. I think that's mm -hmm. one of the main priorities, right, as a, as a pilot is putting people at ease. I felt that, uh, yeah, those are the two airlines I've flown on. I haven't flown on any mm -hmm. other airlines. Oh, okay. So I can't really comment on it. But I'm glad that we're spending a whole hour on the subject that I had yeah. very, very little experience in. So. Hey, it's all about learning. Yeah, how about yourself? Have you been on many airlines? I think I've been on a lot. Really? Hey, uh, yeah, what comes to mind when I think of a lot? If you can say you've ridden on Myanmar Airlines, I think you've been on a lot of airlines. Myanmar? Yeah. Wow, that sounds a little... I, I don't want to sound discriminatory, but it doesn't uh -huh. sound safe to me. It was a nice flight. I mean, it wasn't too far because from Thailand to Myanmar, for crying out loud. You know? Is that so one of those small ones? It was a medium-sized one. Uh, and when I got, I flew into Mandalay. It was a northern provincial city up there. Hmm. And when you get off the plane, you get off the plane, <clears throat> you enter the tarmac, and it was very rudimentary, like the uh, luggage transporter thing it was very mm. rudimentary. It was like just a giant cart mm. that they just threw all the bags on and then just pushed it into the air airport. Uh, so, but the, air the airport airplane and the flight itself was very nice. Uh, no complaints. It was very similar to Thai Airlines and 
I think I've taken Vietnam Vietnamese airline Vietnam Airlines. I think wow, they're all very similar. I think they all had like at the time they all had rather new planes, and everyone wore very nice outfits, and the service was very good. It wasn't nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. I also take uh, well, I took a uh, Garuda Airlines a long time ago. That was fine. I took Iran Airlines to China from Japan. Wow. How what was that experience like? Uh, it was good. It was the first time that anyone ever, first and last time anyone ever spoke Farsi to me. Um, mm. Yeah, you do look uh, Iranian. Yeah, so the the lady next to me who was Chinese, the, the, the stewardess or the flight attendant asked the Chinese lady in English, would you like, what would you like to drink? And then she said something in English and then the, the, the flight attendant asked me in Farsi, so I just said I'll have a Coke. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're guessing that's that that was the question that was being asked. I've taken some uh, Anna. I've never taken Jal. I've taken Anna. Okay. And what did you think of Anna? Oh, it's great. It's probably my favorite airline. Why? Yeah. Service is good. The the uh, seats are cushier than other economy seats. I, I have a Star Alliance card, so it's through United. Mm. And I do everything possible to avoid the American airline experience. Like mm. United sucks for a variety of different reasons. But the what, seat what are some side, of those reasons? Well, the the staff sometimes deal with you in a way that's unprofessional. And not like uh, being rude, but just giving away too much information about their personal lives or oh, yeah. uh, the problems at, in the office and stuff like that. Are you talking you about cabin that? crew? Yeah. Oh. So is that yeah. like giving you um, food or refreshments? They say, you oh, might by the way, I'm hungover as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, you mind taking it off my fucking... Yeah, yeah. You take it off. Yeah, I can't hand it to you because I feel like shit. Yeah. And also the... It's just overall the experience. It's just I don't know. It never that the the screens and the chairs weren't that big, and the selection of uh, entertainment was always felt smaller than Anna. And I felt Anna's staff are more professional. The seats are cleaner. The, the food I feel is served on time more promptly. Uh, everything overall, the overall experience is much better. Also, Air Canada is very similar to that. So mm. I, w- I would say Air Canada is one that I like to take uh, if I can. Uh, Anna or Air Canada, they're neck and neck. Mm. You you have flown on so many different airlines. So right. Anna is number one. But right. um, what was the, the worst one would have been the Iranian? I wouldn't even say Iranian Airlines is the worst. I mean, as far as service is concern, concerned and, uh, you know, timeliness and all that kind of stuff, I didn't really think it was all that bad. Mm. Um, I did notice that when we were in the air, the overhead compartments were shaking a lot. So I don't know mm. if the integrity of the plane itself was in perfect condition. But it got me to where I wanted to go and also got me back to where I was where I was living. So and I didn't die in the meantime. So I think overall I wouldn't have to uh, I wouldn't have to say anything bad about it. I would say United Airlines. I, I don't know if it's possible to say this, but. United Airlines, because of the long distance experience of it, like when I was in Iran Airlines, I was only going from Japan to China. But United, you're such a long flight to back to America. So I just have more negative feelings about the company than I do of Iran Airlines because I only took it once. Mm. So whereas I've taken United Airlines multiple times. Mm. And it's just something I just want to stay away from. Do you have any rituals before you get on a plane or during a flight? Not really. Just I, I, I just try to keep my my the bag I bring on on board with me in order. So I know like the order of things that go in the bag. Like if I'm bringing uh, any devices I want to take out, I want to have the thing that I won't use at the very bottom and mm. then have other devices and things that I will use at easy that are handy for me yeah, that I yeah. can take out right away 
And then looking for a spot to put the bag either overhead or in the seat in front of me, underneath the seat in front of me. Right. I try to do that kind of stuff uh, just to make life easier on me. Also, mm. I always try to get an aisle seat mm. because nowadays, even more so, like my feet swell when I ride airplanes now mm. for long distances. So uh, I need to stretch out and just get to the bathroom whenever I want. I don't want to burden anybody by jumping over them. you got to invest to in some toilet. compression socks. I do. I have many. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Because I've known that, yeah, yeah. Deep, deep vein thrombosis, thrombosis is an issue. Thrombosis, yeah. Blood clots, yeah, blood clots that form in the legs. It can be really yeah. dangerous. I haven't had any of that. It's just like a swelling. Mm. But... Um, yeah, so those are my experiences. Not all that exciting. I mean, I can't really say that I've had any... Oh, wait a second. Back in the maybe 95, 96, when I lived in California, I got on the... Before I boarded a plane, I was talking to some girl randomly, and she was in her 20s as well. She's like, would you like to have a brownie? I was like, okay. And they were. she said there were pot brownies. Hmm. That means there was marijuana in the brownie. So I was not very big on that type of stuff. So I was like, ah, sure, what the hell? So I ate one. So I was high on an airplane for about six hours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I remember that now. That's kind of weird. Uh, I didn't freak out, but I was getting close to it. Oh, is that so right? Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck. I was like, uh, ooh, uh, why did I do that? Yeah. But, um, but well, I that's survived. me without even having a brownie. That's exactly yeah. what I go through. Yeah, uh, wow. Existential angst, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. R- making, you know, thinking about all the life choices I've made up to that point, getting on the plane, <laughs> thinking that's the end, that this yeah. is going to crash and burn. Right. That's no way to, to uh, get on a plane, right? But no, I don't uh, think so. I think, I think if, uh, if you're exposed, you know, like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy or exposure therapy, I think, mm-hmm. you know, just... Getting on more flights is always good. I know a guy right. at Touch Rugby. He's he travels around the world for his job. In fact, he's only in Japan for like a couple of months out of the year. Every other time of the year, he's he's overseas working on some deals. Uh, he works for this uh, major Japanese conglomerate, and uh, he's over in America right now for the next uh, uh, I don't know seven or eight months. Uh, he was in Africa last year and uh, forming these uh, partnerships with these companies uh, overseas, uh, helping with renewable energy sources and shit like that. So uh-huh. he loves it. And I, and I asked him, I said, don't you suffer the consequences from you know, all the radiation and you know being on the plane? I mean, jet lag. And he's like, no, I sleep like a baby, no matter what time zone I am in. I can just go to bed, wake up, get, get to a gym, do some exercise, and it's fine. So I'm envious mm. of people like that. Because a plane, right. you know, because I go back to New Zealand, it's a 12-hour flight or 11 to 12-hour flight, right, to, to New right. Zealand. And it's only um, three or four hours, I think, um, depending on daylight savings, right? You have daylight mm. savings in America? Yeah. So depending on that, it could be three or four hours So I'm there, and even that takes a, a lot out of me. That fucks up my circadian rhythm. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. You're... Um, idea right now for covering airplanes how do you mm-hmm. want to approach it i mean we're uh, okay we well, haven't we even we haven't even talked about customs um yeah oh yeah yeah do you, have you had any experience uh negative experiences with japanese customs nope it's always smooth you get in you get out people are nice very kind the same there's no yeah it's easy yeah i, I remember coming into Narita airport a few times and i can't reveal any negative Stories. It's always been very efficient, very light lineup. Uh, they didn't even rifle through my bag or anything. Yeah. And the worst experience I had was in New Zealand, my own fucking right. country. They rifled through my bag uh, like a fucking bull in a china shop, just throwing my shit around. I'm like, you motherfuckers. And I'm coming from Japan as if I've got contraband on me from, from Japan, you dumb fucks. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> and yeah, every I time I leave New Zealand, and come back into Japan, it's always, uh, I wouldn't say an enjoyable experience, but it's its seamless. 
Just get in and get yeah. out. I mean, just line up and when I go, you know, bag goes through that fucking X-ray machine and you're and you're done. And you just walk out. Right. Get on a train. Go home. Yeah, there's no no problems. I never experienced any problems going through Japanese customs. It's always a smooth experience. Why don't we? Uh, you want to switch gears for a second? Of course, I'm always up for switching gears. Okay. Especially when we're well, talking uh, about transportation. Yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, so I was looking on the. Uh, National Diet Library Internet site. I didn't even know they had one. I didn't know the national government has a library, much like the Library of Congress in America. You can search for all kinds of crap in it, right? Is the Library of Congress of America, is that available online? I think so. Mm, I believe so. Yeah, so you can get all kinds of different access information from it and stuff like that. Anyway, the Japanese government has this. It's called www.ndl dot the geo dot jp i don't know why i'm plugging this one <laughs> anyway anyway you're getting some money on the side I, that i don't know about yeah man i'm getting some money on the side from uh amakudati plans <laughs> from uh, the politicians <laughs> the golden parachutes yeah so uh okay so they have some information about the, the history of flight in japan not too much information but i'd like to tell you the name of the group who actually did the first successful flight in Japan. It is called the Temporary Military Balloon Study Group. What year was so, it? Okay, you want to guess? Um, when was... F- so flight was invented by the Wright brothers back in the... When was it? I don't remember. Was it late? I think it was like 1890s? 1905. Oh, was it 1905? 1905 was maybe 1905 might have been the first time. Okay, okay. Yeah. So 19, okay. If you take that, I mean, we'll just check online, but fuck it. Oh, wait, 1903. 1903. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So right, okay. Wright Brothers, 1903. So I would say this happened 1910. Oh my God, you're so close. Okay, what was it? Yeah, it was 1911. Oh, okay. Look at you over there. December 19th, 1911 was the first successful flight in Japan. It was accomplished by the Temporary Military Balloon Study Group. The pilots were Yoshitoshi Tokugawa and Kumazu, Kumazo Hino. Hmm. And, okay, now, I want to ask you. Now, they did, not, they did not manufacture this plane in Japan. Oh. What country do you think Germany. they went to? They did not purchase it in Germany. Oh, is that no. right? Oh, no. that's right. Yes, yeah, too far before World War Two. They didn't have an alliance. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have an yeah. alliance yet. Um, nope. That's interesting. Uh, let me think. I would say, um, would it be America? No, it's not America. It's in uh, Europe. Shit. Um, fuck, hang on. Who was, would it be Italy or France? You are right on one of those two countries. Italy. France. (laughs) 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 And here's the funny thing. Okay. All right. So that they purchased the plane there. Yoshitoshi Tokugawa went over there and he purchased the plane from France and he took flying lessons in France. Wow. Okay. So he learned to fly in France. So how many, so the course how many times do you think he flew before he was given a permit to be actually to fly on his own? Once. How many times do you think? No, <laughs> no it wasn't once. It was 10 times. 10 okay. times. Okay. Yeah. Which I found a little bit, but until you said once, I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could have been just once. Well, the way you okay, asked me, I'm ear. looking at your face yeah, right yeah. now. You're smiling. Yeah. I thought it was going to be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So that's why yeah, I said well, once. I thought 10 times was ridiculous. <laughs> So then, yeah, you over because you think about all the hours. You think about all the hours that the pilots have to go through now, right? Like yeah, fucking yeah, thousands, yeah, yeah. thousands of hours. Yeah. This guy yeah. took up like once, like maybe one, <laughs> few, like maybe like a couple of hours. Like they didn't even have enough fuel to stay up in the fucking sky that long, did they? Yeah, I I don't know, man. But so he took, he got ten times flight, and the course is finished. And the first commercial flight. Wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm go- I've actually, you know what? The first time, your first guess, you were right. 
It was December 19th to 1910. I wrote okay. the wrong number. Great. 1910. So, yeah, because I'm looking at the next point of information, which wouldn't make any sense if it were previously what I said, was the first commercial flight was May 1911. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. So now this is how air flight actually influenced Japan culturally. Hmm. And I, I, didn't, I didn't realize it could actually influence Japan in this way. But hairstyles of women changed. Is that right? Yeah. As so, a uh, di- directly impacted by flight. By this By commercial flight. flight. So there was an actual name. It's called like the seven tie haircut. Interesting. Uh, and, can you put that on? Was, can, can you put that up in uh, show notes? Yeah, yeah. I can do that. So, and there's pictures on that. Oh, send it to me. To put, oh, I'm sorry. I'll put it on our blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty interesting that they got this. Uh, what did you call it again? Seven, seven tie. Se- seven tie haircut. I, I'm I'm saying it wrong, so I'm gonna try to get to the uh, to the actual. Uh, I'm on the website now. It's just that I I gotta get to the the proper menu. There was a few names, and this is coming out of the Asahi Shimbun. In the National Diet Library, they they sourced the Asahi Shimbun's successful visit to Europe led to the name of the aircraft, which is named the first wind scroll, Dungfein Maki. It said that it is said that it is a hair shape that suits everyone well, but in particular, 1999 for young people, and Dungfeng Maki is for the wife. Mm. So hairstyles that came out of like I, I, how do you search it on Google? I want to see a picture. Um, there's a wedding ceremony. A wedding women, ceremony, woman. And the women are the, that you can see kind of the hair. So there's a guy in the middle with really big whiskers. Oh, are those whiskers? Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought, those. I thought are, he yeah, had like something around man. his like around his mouth, like he was a hostage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. What are these women? But I've seen that hairstyle before in older pictures. Yeah. yeah. But somehow they're calling it special name. Hmm. I don't know. Um, all right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now, all right. So you know that there are many airports in a. Oh, uh, for Japan. listeners who are frustrated that you can't fucking see it, uh, it'll be on our blog. So hopefully by the time yeah. it's released, uh, the blog will have it ready and waiting for you to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now. We have uh, 97 airports in, in Japan, but there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 prefectures without an airport. So I'm going to ask my co-host if he can try to name three. If he can get three, he will be the winner of something. Mm. So I would like to ask you to bring up a map of Japan lab- with all the prefectures labeled in there. Maybe I can Ooh. help you find one. Okay. How many prefectures are there in Japan? There's 47 prefectures. 10 47. of which... The, 1, 2, yeah. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. I only got 10 on this map. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to need a little bit more than that. <laughs> a little bit more what than that. What a shitty fucking map. Okay. Let's go uh, back. Let's uh, uh, what else? What else? Going over here? Hang on. Let me have another look. I just went to prefectures in Japan. Okay, that's better. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Alrighty. So okay. ten, but you, okay, got you it. only have to name three. Yes. So, so uh, ask me again. There are ten prefectures in Japan which do not have an have an airport. If you can name three of them, you'll be the super duper winner of the day. Okay, let's take a look here. I am going to choose. I think you know what. I think mm-hmm. uh, Hokkaido obviously has one. Uh, mm-hmm. Aomori or Akita or Iwate, around that area. Yamagata, Miyagi, that area near Hokkaido. I don't think you would need an airline uh, airport, would you? Okay. Um, I'm going by, so I'm just going down the country right now. Uh, I'm going to go with Miyagi. Okay, Miyagi. All right. What's your second one? Tochigi. Tochigi. Oh, fuck. Also, Gunma. I don't think fucking... I live near Gunma. I don't think they have a fucking airport, do they? Okay, hang on. I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> hang on, okay, okay. We're so, still in okay, the middle of the okay, quiz. Okay. Okay, so you got Miyagi, Tochigi, and Gunma. 
I'm not. Right, no, 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 I'm going to change it. No, no. What about Kyushu? Okay. I'm, I'm, no, I want to go to Kyushu now. Kyushu. Oh, no. Ihime, Kochi, Tokushima. I, I think I'll say Kochi. Kochi. Now, which one do you want to... You've already said three. So which one do you want to erase? Miyagi, Tochigi, I want to erase. I want to erase. You know what? I'm going to change it. Okay. Here's my three. Tochigi. Okay. Tochigi. Gunma and Gunma. Kochi. Gunma and Kochi. All right. Now, two of the three are correct. Ah, oh, damn it. All right. So now... I'm not going to tell you which two are correct and which one's incorrect, but I'm going to give you one more chance to change one and add another airport. That's very nice of you. Okay. I am going to replace Kochi mm-hmm. with Kagawa. All right. So now I think you can guess which two are correct and which one is incorrect. Which two are definitely correct and which one is incorrect? I honestly have no idea. Really? Okay. So, Tochigi is correct. Okay. Gunma is correct. Okay. But apparently, Kagawa has an airport. Fuck! Now. (laughs) But here you go. Now, these are like commercial airports that we're talking about, not just like mini airports. Because inside, it says here that Tochigi does not have one. Gunma doesn't have one. Saitama does not have one. And we're not talking about air, American air bases. Oh, as, fuck. I lived in Saitama. Why in the fuck didn't I yeah. say Saitama? Jesus mm. Christ. I know that. Yeah, Saitama. Fuck. What a Kanagawa. brain fart. What a brain, <laughs> brain fart that Kanagawa. is. Kanagawa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kanagawa doesn't have one. Uh, Yamanashi. What about, Gifu. what about what I said before about Miyagi? Miyagi has one because you think about Sendai. Oh, that's Remember, Sendai right. is a big city. Uh, okay. And, uh, uh, How many so, airports are on the other side of Japan? I was thinking of like when I was going down Japan, mm-hmm. like Aomori. I was I first thought of Aomori not having one or Akita uh-huh. because it's close to Hokkaido, but right. But still, it's separated by water, so right. they would still need mm. yeah. So and those are pretty big land masses. I mean, Iwate, that's Akita, true. and Aomori. That's true. Well, so that's also their... why I was focusing down there near Kochi, Ihime, and Tokushima uh-huh. and Kagawa. Right, right, right. Yeah. Fuck. I could have yeah, got a so Gunma, Saitama, and Tochigi. Yeah. So <laughs> if you think about it, like, I mean, there's Haneda Airport. Once you're in Haneda, you don't really need an airport in Saitama. Yeah, that's true. You know, you true. can pretty much get there an hour or two. Mm. And uh, same with Kanagawa. But mm. Chiba obviously has one because of Narita. Mm. So so we got Narita and Haneda it's servicing the Kanto region. So then, like, these places like Tochigi and Gunma, Saitama, Kanagawa, they don't need. And as well as Yamanashi, that's still close enough. Mm, mm. But then you you start getting out to other places like Kyoto and Nara don't have airports because, and that seems kind of weird, but I guess it's because, you know, Kobe, or that's not a, that's not a prefecture. I guess there's uh, places nearby that have Osaka and... Um, Nagoya would would have airports servicing the Kyoto Nara region. Mm. So that it's kind of interesting to know which places don't actually have airports. All right. So which well, airport well, which do you airport? think? Is, yeah. I mean. Yeah. How many airports have uh-huh. you been to? Uh not many. I I've been to in Japan. I've been to Kumamoto, Haneda, Narita, and then. Sapporo. I think that's oh, and Kagoshima. Uh, I went to. I flew out of Kagoshima as well. Mm. That's right. So the Chitose in Hokkaido near Sapporo. I went there. So not many. There are ninety-eight airports. Yeah. Ni- well, it says here according to my website ninety-seven. Uh, I got um, ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Okay, maybe my information is old. Okay, so which of the airports do you think is the busiest? Wouldn't it be Haneda? That's or right. Kansai? Haneda. It, it must it's be Haneda, actually right? Haneda. Yeah. yeah. Haneda is the busiest with 622 flights per day. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a little information about the airports 
and a little bit of the history there going on there. But now, maybe I, I looked at it. <laughs> one of the first websites I looked at was uh, about cabin attendants, flight attendants, through the Kanda Gaigo uh, Gakuin website. They have uh, a teacher there who was a former uh, flight attendant by the name of Kyoko Ota. She worked at uh, JAL for 18 years, and now she teaches uh, at this language school. So, and this is all about how to become a cabin attendant. Mm. So what do you think? Do you think you need any special skills to become a cabin attendant? You gotta, you gotta look pretty. You gotta look pretty? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting point to say because in one of my, one of the research that I found, it said that um, requirements to look pretty are no longer in the guide in the books. Oh, is that right? But, yeah, but um, twenty up until twenty five years ago, you needed to be good looking. <laughs> mm. Oh, only twenty so years, was, was it? Yeah, I was only being yeah, sarcastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> twenty five years. Well, some of the other data that I'm going to present might uh, be uh, kind of eye opening in a way for some some of the things, but not. Uh, um, but uh, so you you don't necessarily need to be good looking. And actually, it says here that you don't really need any special skills. So if you go to university, there's no special faculty to enter. Mm. There's no special training. Basically, they say if you want to work at an airport or you want to work for an airline, you should live near an airport because it's the easiest way for recruiting. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, you'll be able to get to jobs easier. And they say you need like TOEIC for English proficiency of 600 or higher. Only 600 um, or higher? Yeah, yeah. Higher. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? But yeah. I guess, you know, they're they're banking on most people working on, in the domestic market rather than the international side. Mm. So uh, maybe those who have higher proficiency would do that. But um, say you don't even really need to go to a four-year university, but it does help in recruitment. The percentage of people who are cabinet attendants who graduate from a four-year university are higher than those who go to like a senmon gakko, like a specialty vocational school. But they they are hired out. Like Kanda Geigel's uh, percentage is a little bit high, lower than uh, a four-year university. And they used to attract like the brightest people, you know, like, well, of course, the most beautiful, the most uh, attractive women. It was like a uh, prestigious role, like decades ago, wasn't it? It was like yeah, a, yeah, it was. Uh, you yeah. were a you know part of a a group where uh, you were given access to to travel uh, around the world. It was a uh, it was a dream for many young right. women. Um, but nowadays they're struggling so like, to to find people because it isn't. People realize that your life gets shortened from all of these fucking trips around the world. It's not good for you. Right. You're like fucking up your uh, circadian rhythm, You're staying at hotels and getting back on the plane and coming back. And uh, it, it, it's a, uh, it can be, yeah, very stressful. Well, that's, well, that's what they say. Like as far as um, uh, w what it says about uh, Anna's research, Anna did some research that I found out about uh, the retention rate uh, cabin attendants once they have children and it's about 25 percent mm. so and they they say a lot that there's a many many issues that are related to that low number which is basically you know you have to stay overnight in strange places you have to um you have to uh have strange hours and it becomes difficult to actually maintain work-life balance as a as a cabin attendant. So the the numbers are quite low. Um, on average, uh, there might I think it's thirty eight percent of women will continue to work, but um, for cabin attendants, it's twenty five percent. So it's a a, a a kind of a hard thing to uh, deal with. Mm. Um, but, you know, one of the funny things I found out, I don't know if it's funny or maybe it's interesting. So they, they always talk about like height 
uh, necessities. But actually, there is no, Jal and Anna don't have a height requirement. Uh, but they do have like an ideal weight weight range. Mm. So, and it's, it's this, for example, if you're 160 centimeters, yeah. you take your, you take your height and you go, you take, you move the decimal point over two times. So then from 160, you'd be 1.6. So you do 1.6 times 1.6 times 22. Mm. to get your ideal weight. So the the ideal weight for someone at 160 centimeters would be 56 kilograms. Wow. Okay. So now you know that. Yeah. So now what do you think about swimming? Do you think uh, flight attendants need to be able to (laughs) swim? Oh, you mean when the when the when the plane crashes in the Pacific? Yeah, yeah. Do you think um, it's a requirement to be yeah, able to swim? Well, I guess. I guess the reason why you bring it up, I, I guess, is because it's maybe necessary. Actually, it's not necessary, <laughs> but it was a question. <laughs> however, so what's stopping however, you from asking other asinine questions like, "Oh, do you think they need to play chess? Do you think they need to know how to play chess?" Well, guess what? They don't. <laughs> But it's part of the website. It's like a question that was asked on the website. Oh, is that right? Why? So, yeah, yeah. But actually, according to the website, this Kandagaigo website, it says that Scandinavia Airlines requires all their cabin attendants to be able to swim at least 200 meters. Why? I guess in case of a crash. But why only 200 meters? What if you're out in the middle of the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean? I think it's a lot further than 200 meters. Because I think the training time to swim any further than that will take up more of the time than they'll have for actually working. And also, what are the what are the odds of you surviving a crash in the Pacific too? I, I don't I don't I don't like your chances where you can rely on your swimming <laughs> to get you out of that. Maybe it's like you swim from one carnage to the other. Mm. Like, oh, the 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 boat is over there, uh, and you're like on some shrapnel, uh, and it's like, oh, it's 200 meters, so you can swim 200 meters to get over there. Or although the guy, what was his name, John Sully, who who uh-huh. who yeah. actually f- successfully landed a plane in the Hudson River. I saw right. that movie with Tom Hanks, and uh, yeah, yeah, and he he managed to maneuver a plane, so. It, Landed on water. Right. Why aren't more fucking pilots uh, taking a leaf out of his book? Surely he should come up with training programs to help fucking pilots land on a, on the ocean. Okay, I mean, all right, uh, we'll we'll, we'll why, make a why, note. You of should that. talk we'll to Anna. How about you call up Anna <laughs> on Monday, Monday morning? You say, "Hey, I got an idea. How about you watch this movie, <laughs> and then you come up with a new manual to help your pilots <laughs> when they crash, when they crash in the fucking Pacific." How many um, accidents I mean, has Anna had? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I'll have to put that let's, on the blog. Let's have a look. Oh, I'll have, have, yeah. have a look right now. Yeah, take a look. All Nippon Airways Flight 60. All 133 people died in 1966 mm-hmm. when the plane mysteriously crashed into Tokyo Bay. So right. just imagine if they knew about John Sully. Right. What he managed. Imagine if they successfully landed in Tokyo Bay, but they didn't. It was clear weather conditions while on a night approach. The accident was the worst involving a single aircraft up to that point. Well, I mean, you know, it's sad. Now I'm going to look at Jal. But you're right. Jal. How many many has Jal had? I don't Uh, know, but I remember there's a big one where it crashed straight into a mountain. I think that's that's what's coming up now with... uh, one two three, Japan yeah. Airlines Flight One Two Three, uh, August twelfth, nineteen eighty five, mm-hmm. crashed in the area of Mount Takamagahara Oeno Gunma Prefecture. It doesn't say how many people perished, but anyway, yeah. So I guess these airlines have have crashed in the past. Um, yeah, they have crashed. I mean, come on. You gotta crash sometimes. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Air New Zealand's crashed or Qantas. No, right? I have no idea. I don't know. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought I was talking to, to to Rain Man, who knows who knows about these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah talks to Tom Cruise and says, "Oh, only Qantas. We're gonna take Qantas, you motherfucker." <laughs> I can't fucking That's take like Qantas. A movie from 1985. <laughs> yeah. Nothing has happened. Everything just history stopped in 1985. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, one last thing. So I, I found okay, actually a, yeah. a more um, easier to digest site. Okay. It's got a list of Japan Airlines incidents and accidents. Uh, maybe okay. just put that on the blog. But yeah. Okay. There, there have been numerous, numerous uh, accidents. So uh, we can share that on the blog if you are of that persuasion of people who enjoy mm-hmm. reading about these things. But for me, mm-hmm. it just brings me a little bit of misery to read about it because I know that I've got to get on a plane at some point in the near future. Hey, uh, how many... How many male flight attendants do you think are in uh, Anna and Jal? What do you think about that? Uh, you, you mean um, percentage-wise, a ratio to women, or just uh, the actual yeah, number? Yeah, ratio. Yeah, well, you could guess the number, too. Well, Why I don't, don't know do the, the total number of cabin attendants. Okay, so currently, well, in, as of 2017 in Jal, there were... 5,550 cabin attendants. 5,550 cabin attendants? Yeah. Okay. How many of them were men? Um, five thousand out of five thousand, I would say at least ten percent are men. Wrong. Five percent. Wrong. Uh, am I getting warmer or colder? You're getting warmer. Two percent. Wrong. One one percent. One percent. You could basically fit in a classroom. There were seventy total men who were cabin attendants as of 2017 and Jal. Mm. 60 were foreign, so working in the, in the international <laughs> market. So that makes a total of 10 Japanese men. Ten how many, okay, how Japanese. many of those were, uh, I'm sorry to anybody listening who's very sensitive, but I was going to say, how many of those people are gay? There's no statistics on this. <laughs> but what would you say out of those people, the uh, foreigners who are doing well, this job? I would say are the foreigners who are doing it. Uh, I I don't know. I'm just going to go over general statistics. Was it like 10% of the population is gay? I don't know. Right. Is so that 10% it? of them are probably gay. Yeah. So then that would be six. Right. Uh, but the, the men who were cabinet attendants basically transferred from other departments. They were, they were sent to be cabinet attendants basically. From, from what? And, from, uh, from what kind of jobs? From other jobs, maybe sales or whatever the hell. I don't. I'm um, not really sure. Um, is, that, is, so, that, is that like the equivalent of being sent to Siberia if you fucked up your <laughs> job in the CIA? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. But what I love about this site is this is coming. This information is coming from withnews.jp, and uh, it it says there are Japanese men who want to become a cabinet attendant, and then they have this one person, one man 23 years old he's like doesn't give the name of the person no picture just one man (laughs) 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 one man who was 23 he wanted to be uh he wanted to work at anna but he failed at the screening process but he could he got a job at a low-cost carrier in 2013 he says, wait, that it wait, would be wait, a good he, idea. he failed at an initial <laughs> screening, yet now you've got him as a fucking cabin attendant now. What kind yeah, of yeah. fucking at, hiring at practices do you have there? Okay. So <laughs> low cost carrier, the, the, a low the cost. lower standard yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In 2000, we, we, can't, we can't have you on the premier airline. We're going to put you in the low cost <laughs> one because we don't trust you. Hey, so uh, th- this is, uh, so he, he says that it would be a good idea for men to be. Uh, working as staff, just some random guy. Why no does he give it? Does he provide <laughs> any reasons why? Uh, safety, health. It could maybe you know both those uh, things are wrong, right? <laughs> both those things. Are, I can I can debate him all fucking day on those points. It's bad for your health and safety. Are you no, saying? No, for, are, what are you saying? Crew, Is that safer, safer than being a farmer? 
No, no, it's safer. That's not what he means. He means it's safer for the whole crew if there's some men in the cabin. Oh, I see. To help with uh, potential yeah, yeah, terrorist yeah, yeah, attacks yeah. or. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see. That's what he meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's right. Well, I don't okay. know. Where did he come uh, from before? Was he a, was he either trained in the military or was he a hairstylist? I don't know. He's just <laughs> one man. Maybe some it of the women could kick his ass. <laughs> yeah, it could be that too. Maybe that's why he failed the first screen. Maybe he's screening. completely emasculated and that's all he's got now. Here we go. All right. Now, I want to tell you something. What, okay, Anna, here's some statistics from Anna. When do you think Anna first started to cr- recruit men as cabin attendants? Uh, two years ago. Yes. <laughs> no. Really? Yes. <laughs> I was only fucking being sarcastic. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yes. 2019. Two, really? They they recruited <laughs> 700 new cabin attendants in 2019. And they are proud to say that of those 700, there are men. How many men do you think they recruited as cabin attendants of those 700? Two. You're so close. One. More. Three. More. Five. Less. Four. (laughs) Four. Okay, four. Four. (laughs) This is the first time in Anna history of cabin attendant male recruitment. Of the 8,500 cabin attendants in, in Anna, 50 are men. And that means they were transferred. They were never right. recruited. They were yeah, transferred yeah, yeah, yeah. from other departments. And here, here's well, like, the pl- reasoning. Really plumbing the and depths. The, the, like scraping, <laughs> scraping the barrel of, uh, of fucking candidates. Now, here's their thinking. Here's their legitimate thinking. According to this website, it says they decided to hire some male recruits. Well, with the Rugby World Cup and Olympics coming up to show their commitment to diversity. <laughs> Do they have them wearing like little rugby shorts as well? Um, <laughs> I guess so. Rugby jerseys. What the fuck? Hiring men for diversity <laughs> is the most bizarre <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. That that, that makes that makes a lot of sense. They're, they're just really struggling to even get female fucking candidates for the role. So it makes it's um it's a masterstroke in marketing. Like, we, we yeah. just fucking need someone with a pulse to do this fucking job. <laughs> Hang on, we're we're actually ignoring 50% of the population. Hang on, how about we fucking start hiring men? Oh, great. Rugby World Cup? Yeah, let's use that. Yeah. Diversity. Okay, so let's look, let's look internationally now. Cathay Pacific. That's a great airline. I've ridden on Cathay Pacific. Great, great service. Gonna, yeah, I was going to ask you, because I know that Singapore is constantly rated. Like, there's always... Um, I was looking at sites before about, like, the best, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best airlines, and uh, it's always Singapore. Singapore always comes out on top, or uh, Air New Zealand has won awards yeah. before as well. Uh, right. Airports as well, like the Singaporean airport. Have you been to Singapore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The airport, airport there is supposed to be like the standard. It it's yeah. A high water mark for how airports should be. I've never mm. been to Singapore, but I've heard that this fucking airport is the bee's knees of fucking airports. Every other airport has to strive to get to this fucking level. What's so special yeah, about I, Singapore? Uh well, you know what? I'll just have to say it's a fu- it's still an airport. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking it's like some fucking paradise. I thought you get like a massage as you get off the plane. No, it's not like that. It's a, it's an airport. It's like it's a, it's a fucking airport. Why? Why? I it's guess I guess every other airport is just a piece of shit. <laughs> Common den- yeah. denominator is so fucking low that yeah. you've only got to be average to score yeah. so highly I, I, on these rankings. I would say, look. Okay, so Singapore, get, getting back to some stats. Singapore Airlines cabinet attendants, 40% are men. 40%. Mm. Cathay Pacific, of the 13,000 cabinet attendants, 2,000 are men. And in Air France, one-third of all cabinet attendants are men. Wow. So there's v- v- much more mixing of genders in these other ones. Mm. But even, you know... I. 
I talk to, you know, I work in a high school and sometimes when, you know, you write down what your dream is. And a lot of girls write CA on that paper. Cabin attendant. Cabin yeah. attendant. Wow. Yeah. So it's what still something that the boys do not write. They One boy I heard say something about like wanting to maybe make airplanes, but not. Uh, oh, wow. But yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe. Uh, it's a mix with boys. It's not like one thing, but with girls can be different. It can be very specific. Now, pilots, on the other hand, let's talk about pilots. Worldwide, there are 8,477 female pilots. That's 5.47% of the total in the world. In Japan, what percentage of pilots are female, do you think? Zero. You're so close. Okay, one. One percent? No, one, 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 no, one. <laughs> it's not that close. It's actually thirty-four female pilots. Wow. Um, Are they working on the lower, the lower echelon of air of airlines? Low, low cost carriers. The low maybe. cost carriers. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't They're say. They're probably on those little, little small planes, the little, the little Cessnas <laughs> that take you from one island to another. Those little small islands, like fishermen, fishing islands. That's the only reason why they would be given the fucking job. In Japan, there's <laughs> so a complete roller. You can't reverse. fuck it it's up here. A, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, can't fuck this screw up. It up. <laughs> That's 1.3 percent of all pilots mm. in Japan. Well, you and I both hey, know you, this country is so f- like far behind the curve in terms of yeah, yeah. gender equality. It doesn't exist. Yeah, it really does. Even yeah, now, well, in 2021, I mean, they're making these uh, pronouncements which are meaningless, yeah. completely yeah. meaningless. But it's so funny because, you know, even, you know, boys and girls, they don't really, they may view each other as equal, but they definitely, I think there is still a feeling like, oh, I'm a boy, so Unconscious I'll do this. Unconscious oh, biases. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a girl. I'll do this. Mm. Okay, now, pilot salary. Which salaries do you think are higher? One's at JAL or ANA? That's a fucking good question. Well, JAL is the first airline, right, in Japan. Yeah. They also right. went through financial strife, if I'm not misremembering. Yeah. They, they fucked did. up uh, 10 or so years ago, and many of right. the shareholders lost a lot of money. So I'm going to go with Anna. Okay. Anna, that's right. Anna has a higher salary for the average, right? right. If you're 42 right. years right. old, right. Uh, it's 19.3 million yen yeah, per year. Yeah, they're, they're the up and comer. Yeah. And Jal is 16.9. Hmm. If you're working for Skymark, you're flying Did one of those 16. Pikachu 9? planes. What was that? 16.9 yeah, million? Yeah. Yen. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good salary. Now, if you're, if you're wa- riding on one of those Pikachu planes made by Skymark, hmm. what do you think the salary is for those guys? Low-cost carrier, Skymark. Nine million? You're so close, actually. That's pretty good. Seven point three million. Mm, okay. Mm. But you know, the starting salaries for these guys is just general, like uh, as any employee, it's two hundred thousand yen per month, and it takes four to five years to become a co-pilot, in which your salaries can get up to ten million yen. Mm. So it does mm. take some time. Well, if you're a woman, hey, uh, it only take you twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then so, you'll be too uh, old, and uh, yeah, from that point on, you'll just be in a Cessna. Yeah, you'll be in a Cessna. Okay, I want to actually return it to uh, cabin attendants for a second. What Jal just uh, in 2019 started recruiting men for their uh, for their cabin attendant attendant team attendant team. When do you think Jal started recruiting men for flight attendants? So Anna was 2019. Yeah, Jal. Hmm. I would say five years ago. Actually, it's 1951. Is that right? Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yes. But few applied, so they ended recruitment of men. (laughs) I see. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, so in the spring of 2017, they hired a cabin attendant that was a man. He was one of... 5,550 cabinet attendants. I kind of mentioned that before. The yeah. other cabinet so attendants, they, they just dropped out, right? 
It's yeah, not yeah, like they yeah. failed. <laughs> they didn't fail the test. They were probably given an offer. Like all the other, they're all given an offer, but only one of them accepted it. <laughs> yeah. So you know, you know what might be interesting is you know I bet a lot of people live overseas. They don't. They maybe not understand the uh, the general Japanese hiring practices process that people go through. Because usually you you're looking for a job in university. Right, mm, and so that mm. fourth year, in the middle of the third year, you're just concentrating actually on finding a job. Mm. So, for example, for JAL, you start the application process. School year starts in April in 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 Japan. Right. So, the application for fourth year seniors uh, would be April nineteenth. Then there's a written test in early May. You're still in school, so you're, you're just the, you have one more full year of school. Mm. April nineteenth was beginning of the school year. Then you have a written test in early May. Your first interview is in June. Your second interview is in June, and then uh, sometime later on, you have a health test and a third interview. If you pass all those screenings, then you're given an offer for a position. That's usually right in the middle of your fourth school year, mm. fourth year of university. So you wouldn't, even though you've been given the offer and you can accept, you wouldn't start working there until the following April, which um, I, I think might be kind of surprising maybe to Americans who have a, a you know, kind of don't follow that kind of cyclical way that mm. the Japanese work cycle is. It's like everything starts in April. People start their companies in April. People start school in April. It's mm, a very mm, mm. cyclical kind of thing. It's it's rare that you would start a new job in the middle of the year. Um, so that's how recruitment works. Right. I thought that might be useful information for people. Yeah somewhere else but she also said that foreigners can get jobs here as cabin attendants yeah so if you're coming over and you have aspirations towards uh being in the air um flying with one of these airlines i'm sure that uh now that they with anna that they've allowed uh men for example to become cabin attendants Mm -hmm. so if you're a man listening and you want to be a cabin attendant in japan then uh yeah you you're more than welcome to go through the process this rigmarole and uh I'm sure they're dying. They're dying to have more male attendants, male flight That's attendants. right. And also do the do the weight thing as well. Uh, do if you're 180 centimeters, do 1.8 times 1.8 times 22 to get your weight down. Right. Yeah. To save on fuel. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for um, helping the listeners better understand airplanes in mm-hmm. Japan. Please check our blog, everyone, for uh, additional resources and notes, photos uh, about uh, tonight's uh, episode. And uh, feel free to leave us any comments. Uh, send us an email if you have anything to share with us about your airline experience. Leave us a review. Uh, that's always very helpful. And thank you very much for listening. So, uh, yeah, until next time, have a great day, night, week, or wherever the fuck you are. Hope, you, hope you're doing well. Bye-bye. Thank you.